So, you ready to start a podcast? Well, Spotify for Podcasters is the absolute perfect solution. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters. They make it super easy to record and edit right from your computer. And not only that, it lets you distribute your content everywhere and even earn cash. And the best part, it's absolutely free. You literally have no excuse. So I suggest you go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters and start creating today. You are allowing other women to come in your bedroom. And I know some women are okay with that, and that's beautiful. But if you are if you are having threesomes because I had a girlfriend tell me he's going to leave me if I don't, he's going to leave you anyway. Facts. <laughs> he's going to leave you anyway. Um, but a lot of women are doing things, you know, taking classes to learn how to give head and doing all these things. And it's like, I was married for 13 years, and I was not a head doctor. <laughs> like, mm. I'll be honest. I was not. But that had that not really what marriage is about, right. you know what I mean? And so to me, it's always the women that, and there's nothing wrong with enjoying sex. Sex was is a beautiful thing. Welcome to Harley Initiated, where real men talk real shit. It is your host, Tyshawn Jackson. Another episode, Rockin' Live, Ryan Catchings. What's poppin'? Listen, we got one for the ladies today. It's gonna be very special. And man, as a very matter of fact, the fellas might want to tune into this one as well. Yeah. I yeah. don't even know if this one is just for the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> even though we have an amazing guest here who has done some phenomenal things in the space for the ladies, which I'm gonna let her get into because I'm talking about this woman here is a speaker, best-selling author, and y'all gonna like this title here. Dear <laughs> Alpha Female, we rocking here with Crystal Jordan. Welcome to Harley Initiate. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. T- tell me about so the, the, the book. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to say it again for y'all. Dear Alpha Female. I really don't like the concept <laughs> of an alpha female already, to okay. be very honest okay. with you. All right. We feel but that. give me some context behind that. Break okay. down what you define or what's an alpha female to you and also the book and what kind of like inspired you to write a book called Dear Alpha Female? Okay, well, the, act, the full title of the book is Dear Alpha Female, It's Not Him, It's You. So that title Ooh. definitely, you know. How did I forget that? That title is a fact. <laughs> strong, strong fact at the top of the book. No, it's like not that. him, it's you. No. And the subtitle is, this is an interactive devotional designed to help you attract the love you desire, right? Mm, mm. So I call the book, it is a love letter to uh, my sisters, because I'm an alpha female myself, a love letter wrapped in accountability. Because I feel like we're in a we're in a space right now where women that are I define an alpha female as a career driven woman who has leadership qualities. Right? There's nothing negative about that. An alpha female is simply a woman that is ambitious and career driven, driven and has leadership qualities and abilities. And there's this narrative that that is a woman that's problematic. It's a woman that that dreadful word is aggressive and all these other things, but that's not really a part of the definition. Really, it's just a woman who is, you know, serious about her business, right? And that could be, I talk about, you know, what created a woman's alpha. A lot of times, those alpha personalities are created um, when we're little through past trauma, you know? A lot of times, um, fear is a motivator for for creating an alpha female personality, but the, the raw characteristics are simply someone that is excelling at what they do and does it well and is able to influence others. Okay. Now, see, that's, that's a, the reason I think it's tricky because when I think about, especially the women I know, the women I've met, mm-hmm. 
my own mother and like the women I'm closest to. Mm -hmm. Most of the women I know for real, for real, don't necessarily want right. to work okay. as hard or really put in the work or the grind mm -hmm. to really be like an alpha female. Mm -hmm. I, like when I think about the ideal life of a woman, mm -hmm. it's a woman who can do what she loves to do. Okay. Yeah. When at, she loves to do it. At maximum, <laughs> she's probably working four, maybe five hours a day, if that. She's, she has um, a family she's taken care of. Like, and that's outside of family. Because okay. I, would, I, would, I would consider family, let's, if we want to call that work, the hours are increased, right? Because mm -hmm. she's investing in like taking care of her family, obviously. Well, let's call it work. Let's okay. Let's call call it, work. it work. Okay. So she's doing okay. She's doing more to four and five <laughs> hours in like a passionate side hustle. Yeah, yeah. Right? Something, <laughs> something she wants to do for fun. And now she has been. she has like she's investing in this family. Like that's also work, right? Because I, I do work. think yeah, that's, that's absolutely yes. work. Probably we can argue the most important work. Yes. Raising the next generation. Right. That we have. Okay. And she doesn't want to necessarily do this. This corporate grind. I don't know if she wants to build an Amazon. I don't know if she she doesn't want to do those things, in my opinion. So is an alpha is a woman being who alpha female these, even that? Who, who are these women that you know? Who are these women mm. of color that only work four to five hours a day and have these you know lives? I don't know any of those women. I, oh, I, not, not none of them. No, we, no, we no. I, know I agree, but there's okay. but the but there's that's the, the problem. They're woman. stressed. But the, the women I know are stressed. We are though. stressed. But see, we that's are. that's the problem. <laughs> right. Like the alpha woman is like this thing. That they've, it's like we've gotten, our, our, our whole village has been conquered, and like now, woman, you gotta go to war. <laughs> All right, like we've got invaded, put, put these armor, <laughs> shield, and sword on. But she's like, I don't really wanna do this, but I kinda got to. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think, you know, when you think about, I'm gonna speak for the African American, American community, right? I think that it applies to women of color on a larger scale, but I'm gonna be more specific and focus on us. I feel like for, decades, we haven't had the luxury of having assistance often in the home, right? Mm -hmm. um, and even if you do have assistance in the home, because we know that the, the, the plight of a black man and a black woman, we, the wage uh, gap is so different. We don't have the ability to say, oh, my husband's going to work and I'm, I'm going to stay at home and I'm going to work four hours a day. I don't really think that's realistic. Um, I think, and then, and then also there's a huge number of us that have been single mothers and come from single parent families. Um, and that's, you know, due to a number of reasons. But I think when I go back to saying what created that alpha, I think I grew up in a, from a single parent that, that came from a single parent family, right? So my grandmother would tell me, God helps those who help themselves. You got to go out and get it. You cannot rely on a man. A man is extra, right? You have to make sure... Crystal, you go to school, you're smart, you get a good job, and you're able to take care of yourself. So this idea of a woman not wanting to work, I don't feel like for me and most of my peers that I know, I don't know any women that that don't work. I, well, I do know some, but that's not my core group. My core group are entrepreneurs that take a lot of pride in what they do um, and really enjoy their work. Now, we may not want to work as hard, but there is a certain level of pride and accomplishment because we were taught as young women that we had to be successful, we had to be hardworking, and that there was value in a woman that was able to provide for herself. So- No, no, and, and let me tell you, I, I actually agree with what you're saying right now. I think it's a, you know, I think it's a difference between what you wanna do and what you have to do. Amen. And I think sometimes what you have to do isn't always necessarily aligned with your health and happiness. I, I agree. But it is aligned with your survival. Right. And your livelihood. Right. 
And I would admit, like a lot of our, you know, we do have a lot of women in that position mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. they really in a state of survival. Right. Absolutely. And they doing what they got to do to take care of themselves and take care of their kids. And, you know, it can, I, I just know what that can do to just a woman's energy mm -hmm. over, over the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it can, you develop this level of callous and it just makes things, I mean, it, I, it just makes things tough. And I think, for example, I, I want to hear your perspective, though, because you wrote a devotional mm -hmm. talking specifically, I think, to the woman that we're, we're, we're describing now, the woman Absolutely. who's in this place where she's like really grind, like mm -hmm. in the grind, mm -hmm. working hard. I mean, what, what, what did you say to that woman? Because like, obviously you're getting, some, you're getting some phenomenal results. You've gotten your phenomenal results in your own life. Right, I have. <laughs> Tell me about uh, that. Well, the the book is, you know, a lot of women even have issue with the title, right? A lot of women when they hear when they heard the title, Dear Alpha Female, it's not him, it's you, they immediately <clears throat> had pushback. But I can I can say that title because it was my my reality. That was my truth. Mm. Um I was an alpha female, but I, I feel like my alpha female personality was created early on. My father was a drug addict and he was not there. And so I learned, it was my mother, my brother and I in a family, and I learned that if I got good grades and I worked really hard, it would make my mom happy, right? And that was how I could earn my mother's love and her acceptance was to perform well. And so I was always that student that was overachieving, right? I was doing extracurricular activities, the grades were this, I was a cheerleader, I did everything that I possibly could. And a lot of that was internally subconsciously designed to win my father's approval over at some point right so these patterns started when I was young like I'm going to do all the things that are right so that I can earn my dad's love he'll see that I'm worthy of him wanting a relationship with me unfortunately my father was not I was never able to have that moment I remember you know I would get you know, a great report card, or I would get another opportunity and I would want to show him, I would call and try to tell him. So he would be proud of me. And I was hoping that he would see something there to say, Oh, let me have a relationship with Crystal. So that so my personality was those patterns were developed really early on. So when I, when I was in my 20s, and I ended up getting married, I still felt like I have to perform in order to receive love. That's, that's what I do, right? And so it just defined who I who I was, and that became. Um, it's whenever you're motivated by fear and by desperation, you can achieve a lot. But at the base of that is it's a drive that's unhealthy, right? So you talk about women being stressed; um, it's not good for your mental health. You have a lot of women that are that feel like they have to achieve, or they're not they're worthy and they're self. Um, the way they define their own self-worth is based in what they're able to achieve. And that's not healthy. That's not healthy for anyone. Now, in that past relationship, um, your, your first marriage, mm -hmm. do you think, like, why did you choose to achieve in the career career realm rather mm -hmm. than some other, you know, some other space? What other space? I See, I don't know. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, well, I guess maybe a better question is when you were married the first time, mm -hmm. you go on and you were high achieving at work is mm -hmm. what you communicate, right? Mm -hmm. Could there have been something that your husband wanted you to achieve, like something else? Maybe he wanted something more from the household or he wanted, yeah. you know. There were. There there actually was. And I, I can look back on that now and see my my first husband came from a two parent family. And I remember him. <laughs> he would buy the millionaire next door and he would say, you know, Crystal, if you stay home, 
and take care of the kids, we'll actually be further ahead. But because I came from a single parent family where my mother was the sole provider, my grandmother, who I looked up to a lot, those were the two primary women that I you know, looked up to as role models and they were hard workers. So I remember thinking, I'm not gonna stay home. Like, you want me to do that? I'm not gonna do that. And, I re- and he was an engineer at the time. He was making you know, a really good salary. And I remember thinking, if you look at his salary and then look at mine, he's gonna feel like I'm not bringing, you know, I'm not pulling my own weight. I, can, I envision pulling my weight to mean financial you know, gain, right? And I now see he was trying to explain to me that we could have been further along. He was like, we'll save more money if, you know, we don't have to pay for daycare and pay for these things. But I couldn't see that because my background taught me that you have to bring financial value to the table in order to be, um, you know, an equal partner. Mm. And that was that that was part of the problem. That was part of the problem. So now looking back at that experience, Mm -hmm. what is the value that a woman should bring in a relationship? A marriage specifically. Right. Well, I think that, number one, it's not necessarily, I think the first thing is not necessarily about what you bring to the marriage. It has to be what you bring to yourself. And I think that I had to learn, in order for me to be able to be a great wife, because I desire to be a great wife, I would always say, you know, I want to be a good wife. I had to be able to be good to Crystal, right, first, in order to be good to, you know, a husband. And I think the idea of I have to achieve in order to be in order to have value is a, a really unhealthy way of looking at life for yourself. And so I had to do some work, you know, which, you know, we'll talk about a little bit more, but I had to do some work to realize that Crystal was worthy of love just because she was Crystal, you know, for all the other things outside of what she achieved in school, outside of what she achieved at work, outside of what she was able to do for her friends. I had to really learn how to love myself without conditions before I could even expect someone else to be able to do that and to be able to love them without conditions. So I'm curious with that, with that marriage, the, it sounds like because he seems like he wanted um, you in the house, being able Mm -hmm. to really manage like the home economics of it. And he wanted to, you know, be outside the home. Do you think that was one of the, was that like one of the core reasons that the the marriage ended? Uh, I think that could have been one of them. I don't know if that was the core reason. I think, I think that a lot of, my teaching, first of all, I didn't see a successful marriage. I had mm. no idea what a successful marriage looked like. Um, my, per, my closest example of a successful marriage was watching The Cosby Show, right? Yeah, we talk about right. that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was all of ours. Honestly, the funny thing is that's still the best example yeah, to this day it is. of a successful marriage. I don't care what happened. It's still, it's still you know, it's still, that's, and that's what I wanted, right? I remember looking up to, I looked up to Felicia Rashad because that was an example of what we aspired to, right? I want to be able to go to school get a job, be successful. She was a career woman. Yeah, she yeah. was a Lisa career Rush woman, but she had a, there was a great balance, right? So I didn't know what that, I knew what the idea of it was. I didn't know the reality of it. So I wasn't really able to ever relax and trust my husband. Um, and that's something that I think was probably the biggest uh, contributor to the breakdown of the marriage is that I never could relax and trust him. I always felt like my grandmother had told me, you always look out for yourself. You never allow someone else to be in control of your destiny because a man will leave or a man will take advantage of you. You know, my grandmother was married three times. She, you know, divorced all three husbands. And I remember her last husband, I was, it was, you know, I was in love with him. That was my pop pop. And I, and he, his wife at the time, his ex-wife went to 
took him to court to get more child support because my grandmother, you know, was a good earner. She worked for the post office. She made good money. And at the point that her check was compromised, my grandmother divorced him immediately. She's like, he got to go. He, wow. He, he, no, that's, so, so that is my, that was my background. And it was like, men are not a necessity and they could cause problems. So when they cause problems, you get rid of them and you never rely on them completely. And so that was how I was raised. My mother was single. I never saw my mother in a, in a healthy relationship. And my mother had gone through a lot of trauma early on. And so again, she's Crystal, you're smart. You can take care of yourself. If a man comes, that's great. But at the end of the day, you know that you've got you, right? And so you take that into a marriage and a man that has that has only seen a woman's his my my ex-husband's mother stayed at home. Mm. His father was a a uh, very high-level executive in the military. His mother stayed home. She was very domestic. Yeah, completely different upbringings. Completely different upbringings, right? And so we were friends, but we totally had no concept <laughs> of how to bring those two things together. Um, in my head, I remember I probably felt like he was an amazing catch because he did come from this ideal background, right, mm. that I saw. I was like, yeah. wow, you know, he comes from, his family was well off you know, very celebrated. His dad was very celebrated in the military. His mom was like the charming etiquette type, you know, went to church, yeah. just threw parties. And so I, I, I admired that, but, but I had no concept of, of what, how that could even be. You so, know? so if I'm a guy that's actually meeting a woman and I like her, I'm, I'm really falling for this young lady. I'm thinking she might be somebody I want to marry. Mm -hmm. How do I make sure that I don't have that same problem with this young lady. Because <laughs> it seems like, you know, because what I see is he probably looks at you, he likes your energy, he likes your vibe, you guys are in great harmony. Mm -hmm. and He has probably tremendous respect that, that you are able to achieve the success in right. whatever field that you chose at the time. Exactly. Okay. And there's this hidden issue yeah. that you won't necessarily trust him right. to let off the gas mm -hmm or adjust your lifestyle mm -hmm. for the betterment of the family. Right. Because that would allow, put you in a vulnerable position. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of women are in that position, especially right. my alpha females. Absolutely. Because they've, they've they, they got to take charge mm -hmm. and they got to run the show because they're to afraid. protect themselves. Because they're afraid. They're afraid so of being hurt. how would, as a man, how do I even know that that's the case that I'm getting into? Well, I think we have to do a lot more talking, right? We have to do a lot more talking and really getting to know a person and what drives them before. When I got married, we were 20 and 23. Not a good idea. <laughs> so we didn't even understand You don't ourselves. recommend people get married young? I don't recommend people getting married before they really understand themselves. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. Because I think everyone's maturity level comes at a different time. But for me, I, I had grew up very sheltered. I went to college at 16. Wow. And... You know, and at the same token, my husband also at the time was very sheltered as well. He came from a very well-off, you know, military black family. He he hadn't he had never struggled, never. He had no idea, no concept of what struggle was. Where I, all I knew was struggle. Mm. Um, so I think that I, I'm not going to say it's about being young. I think it's about knowing yourself. I had no idea that I had all these issues with being abandoned by my father. I also had a lot of issues um, from being this kid that was isolated and felt like she had to take care of her mom. I had a lot of things going on that I didn't have any idea, you know, were under that surface. And really, it didn't become apparent until I went through the divorce. Mm. Then everything started to unravel and I had to really face Crystal. And 
I went through, I say, about 10 years of being a functional, functionally depressed. And all I knew how to do was achieve. I didn't know how to receive love. Um, I didn't really know how to give love that was unconditional. I pro my children were probably the only thing that I knew how to give unconditional love to, but it still was I wanted to give to them because I didn't want them to have the experience that I had. So I wanted them to, I had my kids, they were in Cub Scouts, Girl Scouts, ballet, tap, jazz, chess club. And after going through the divorce, I remember my daughter said, I don't, we don't care about any of that. We just care about being with you because I felt less than a mom because I could no longer provide this lifestyle for them. So in this book, I am talking to other women that have that same experience. Some of us that grew up from humble beginnings, right? And we're taught, you gotta get out of this ghetto. You gotta get out of the situation and you have the power to do it. You can change your reality. You gotta get the bag, get the money. And you have so many women, like I said, all my, all my tribe, I had 10 bridesmaids. Every single one of them is an entrepreneur, or is a career-driven woman. That's who I'm surrounded by. And most of them have some of the same <laughs> issues that I had, you know? Let, let's let's talk about that. So, because I haven't heard of that concept, functionally depressed, but mm -hmm. I'm kind of building this idea of what that might mean in my head. Yeah. But could you clarify or just dive a little bit deeper in yeah. what, what does a functionally depressed person look like? Well, the beautiful thing is you, you can't see it. Right. There's it doesn't look like there is no look to it. When I was in that space, I was probably the most successful in my career that I've ever been. Right. My I had a PR company that was touted as one of the best in the southeast. I had four employees. I had an office in Buckhead. Um, I had a luxury car. I had just, you know, had a home in Fayetteville, Georgia. Um, you know, I, I, I got a horse like I, I was, you know, I'm dealing with high level celebrities. So it looked amazing. You know, you see you could Google and see different things that my company was doing with A listers and B listers. I'm traveling between New York, Atlanta and um, California on a regular basis. So it looked amazing. Right. But when I would come home, I was overworked. I went to bed with my laptop. I woke up with my laptop, my cell phone. I had two cell phones. They were never off. I never would not answer the phone for a client, right? Now I don't answer my phone all the time and people are like, Crystal never answers her phone. That's because for this span of time, Crystal always was available. I could be at a soccer game with my son and a client would call, I would pick up the phone. I would be at dead sleep, 2.30 in the morning, someone call, I pick up the phone. Laptop there till, I'm, till I knock out. Six o'clock in the morning, press releases have to go out, I'm up. And in, Atlanta and in the entertainment industry, people are like, Crystal is killing it. You know, Crystal is doing great. This is amazing. I'm getting awards. I'm being, you know, being, um, you know, applauded by other peers. But Crystal inside was having, I had migraines every day, every day. And so that drove me to therapy because I went to my doctor. And the doctor was like, there's nothing, you're just stressed. You're stressed and anxiety, you should, you know, go to therapy. I went to therapy and my therapist ask, what are you doing to feed back into you? And I was like, well, I love my career. I have an amazing career. She's like, no, outside of your career, what do you do? And I had no, if you asked me who Crystal was outside of Enchanted PR, I didn't have an answer. I'm a mother, mm. but I'm, this is, and I told myself I love work, right? And I do to an extent, but I had nothing, the, the cup was empty. It was nothing feeding into me. And so she asked me, she said, what do you do? What can you do to make you feel like a five-year-old? And don't know and she she challenged me and I, I said horses I like horses but I never took time to do anything for myself 
So she challenged me to do one day a month. I started taking horseback riding lessons one day a month. Within three months, I was having less migraines just from getting a time to disconnect because I didn't, I was not disconnecting. And the, the dangerous thing or really, is- Or really reconnecting. Recon right, right, actually. right. But the, the crazy thing about this is the, the women that are, were a part of my circle were doing the same things. So I would call them and, how are you doing, girl? I'm tired. I'm, try, I'm tired. I, I got to get this out. It's 3 o'clock. Probably get to bed around 3 o'clock in the morning. And that, that, was our, that was our connection, right? And so we're, like, proud of each other, pushing together. But there is no space for anyone. There's not, and it, it's not, it's not a, a wonder that I didn't have an amazing relationship because I didn't even have a relationship with myself. You know, it's it's so crazy that you describe this person, because when I think about somebody who might be dysfunctionally or functionally depressed mm -hmm. or a woman specifically, I'm thinking this is that person like yeah. this, you know, very successful. Mm -hmm. You know, what I mean, they got a lot of things going on. Their time is completely captured by yeah. other things, everything, you know, other yeah. response, everything except for themselves. Mm -hmm. But they also are still communicating. Right. I love my job. Yeah. They might so might also throw in. I don't need a man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I and because that's that's just what's, what's out there. Yeah. And I look at those women. I'm like, nah, it's something. Yeah. It's something going on wrong. Yeah. But then when you talk about going back to reinvesting yourself, mm -hmm. and you talk about horseback riding. Mm -hmm. Me, I actually literally what popped in my head is like that's that's kind of sexy. I like if my woman is doing creative things like yeah. that. If she's cooking, you yeah. know, if she's spending time meditating or she's, yeah. whatever it is that like, she could be making candles. Yeah. But as a man, yeah. I like a woman who is doing that uh, over the woman who was telling me about all yeah. of these deadlines she has to meet. And I didn't realize that. You know, I was, <laughs> I was saying earlier, um, before we actually got started, like I would go on dates and I would, I would had no problem getting dates. Like I would get, a lot of guys would ask me out. So I would go on dates with my phone and I remember being on a date and both phones were going off. And I would say, this is work. And I would expect him to understand if this is right. work, you shouldn't have a problem. If it's my work or my kids, it should be no problem. And you would just see the face like, okay. And I remember one guy told me, go outside, right? He said, that's rude because I'm on the phone with a client. And, I, and I, I was like, that's probably the only guy I dated in that time that checked me. And wow. I actually really liked him a lot I bet. because he I checked bet. me. So you got to check these women, fellas. You do. Well, because you just bring in, bring in what's, you know, bringing the focus back to me. what's going on. Yeah. Being well, he challenged me and, I, and he was someone I respected. Um, but I did not realize that that was not an attractive thing. Right. Because I in my head, I'm thinking I think a lot of times women assume when we see a man that's very, you know, into his business. I remember being on a date with guys in my business and their phones are going off well my phones are going off too but mm. they don't they don't want to date a girl who's got the same thing going on as them right, right? but, but right. you know and not to cut you off there but I think that's a good place to to, to jump in because I think this is the the biggest problem with the quintessential alpha female mm -hmm. is they look at themselves measure themselves like men yeah like they if men can do this mm -hmm. I do this mm -hmm. they work like this mm -hmm. I work like this mm -hmm. They don't necessarily understand the measure of or how men actually measure women. Right. So there's like a difference in value. Right. Right. And we're actually using two different measuring sticks. We are. For we each are. other. And that's where it just gets really tricky mm -hmm. and really confusing. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm also curious to know, because you started therapy after marriage. I did. If I want to ask you, if you would have started therapy during your marriage, mm -hmm. do you think you could have saved the marriage? I think so. Yeah, I wow. think so, absolutely. So your marriage wasn't necessarily 
your marriage was pretty much it, it wasn't dysfunctional. No, in, I, I had a I actually I guess I was in love with my ex husband. I had a, we were together thirteen years. You not you can't be with someone thirteen years and it be bad. Like right. for me, I wouldn't stay. Well, shit, hold on now. I would, <laughs> for me, gotcha. for me, I'm not the type. I was I was taught early on like if something doesn't work, get out. Get out. Like I'm I'm not I would not I'm not that woman. So I would not have stayed that long. I was literally in love with him, and I do think if both of us had gotten therapy. Um, because I think I had a lot of issues that I brought to the table, but I also think that because he was very sheltered and very spoiled, he did not really know how to lead, you know, and so he kind of just let me do whatever I wanted to do. And, you know, he, he, we're just very different people, but I do think that with therapy and both of us being more present then we, we could have, it, it didn't have to end. Yeah. Well, just for context, who initiated the divorce? Well, his actions initiated it. Understood. He, yeah, he had an affair, and he um, did not want to get... And I, I will say this. I, will, I don't ever excuse cheating, right? Mm -hmm. But I do understand that we were going through a hard time, and I did not trust him, right? And, I, um, and he looked for a soft place to land, you know? Um, I actually had ovarian cancer. He couldn't fix it, and... He started having a relationship with someone that he could share that information with. It was a soft place to land. And next thing you knew, he thought he was in love with this woman. I said, you know, I came in with my personality. You get rid of this now or I'm out. And he was like, I'm not going to do it that way. Because I said, "This, you do it this way or I'm leaving. I found out about the affair at 10 o'clock at midnight. I was on a bus back to Atlanta. Wow. And that was the end of the 13-year relationship. Wow. Just like that. Just like that. Yeah, I, I, but so I, you, I can but, see what, but, you know, you you in a situation, you you got some a lot of stuff you're dealing with. He's yeah. got a lot of challenges. And then you got nobody there to facilitate. Nobody all was of there this to pain. facilitate. And, wow. and I remember um, I went to a cancer survivor group and I heard that there are a lot of marriages that end during a cancer diagnosis, which is strange. Mm. Um, but it's because, you know, men are fixers. Right. And when there's something they can't fix, they feel kind of helpless. And as a woman. Um, especially a woman that's already doesn't trust. I, I didn't, I didn't trust him to just be, I didn't trust myself to be vulnerable, you know, much less to take it to him, you know? So it was, we just didn't know what we were doing, but it wasn't because there was a lack of love. I get it. Yeah. Okay. You know, this is kind of random, but when I think about the alpha woman, cause I don't like the concept either. Yeah. But the Why? way, you, what is, what is the issue with the concept? Because, because I immediately think career career focus. <gasps> and when I think a woman is career focused, I immediately yeah. assume she's not going to be focused on me. That's you know. what we need to know, though. And I see, think and know that. also, okay. also okay. with alpha that. woman, it just really doesn't make sense. Because oh. when I when I think of, <laughs> I mean, because when I think of a, of a, of any alpha, I think of the leader. Yeah. So they can't be two leaders, like so when I and, and, I, and that and that's my problem. Yeah. Because if we got two leaders in a in an organization, we're probably gonna have issues. Well, you can have multiple leaders. But at the end of the day, but this hierarchy, that's hierarchy, right? But see, right. that's the, the okay, yes. But there, but there, but like you talk about the career. I mean, the career field. There are women leading in multiple careers at this point, right? So I yeah. think, and I think that what what you know, not skipping ahead, but what worked for me because I I was asked the other day like, how can you be an alpha female and be married to an alpha male, right? Because I'm not an alpha female, I'm not an alpha all the time. No one is an alpha all the time. You can be an alpha male and meet another alpha male, and immediately you see men do this dance of who's the alpha. Yeah. Who's the alpha, right? And I think that happens in every situation, but I, I am with a man that is confident enough to know he's definitely the leader in our home, but he also has no problem saying, okay, Crystal's better at this. 
So what do you think about this? So he, he, he adds, he, he makes, he validates my abilities, right? But he also did bring balance to me, which I didn't have before. But I think that the landscape has changed. You do have a lot of women that are very good at what they do. I mean, I'm very confident in what I do for my career, but that's not the sum total of me. So I think the problem is with a lot of alpha women, their career is the sum total of who they are. That's who I was. Which can be know? the same issue for men in some, Absolutely. a lot of cases as well. Absolutely. I'm curious, why, why do you think, because this is the thing, when I hear about what you're doing, mm -hmm. like you are really crushing it. You have written multiple books, like three, mm -hmm. three books, right? Mm -hmm. Which writing a book in general is like one of the best things a human being can even do, right? So, <laughs> so best-selling author, you produce your own content, you mm -hmm. are working with some of the most famous people in America, right? So I'm thinking like, okay, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> when I think about the amount of women that claim and, and, and adopt the alpha woman persona, mm -hmm. it's like, yo... You make fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> you you might babysit full time. It's like all of these women are claiming to be alpha women, but it's like, yo, you're not even producing at that level to even right. say that you got all of these issues and yeah. you you producing it so much. So why do you think that there's so many women that yeah. just uh, can? What's the word I'm looking for? They are they adopt. They just adopt the mm -hmm. alpha woman per persona. I think it goes back to like we talked about in our communities. If you come, if you have never, if you have never been in a household where you saw a man provide and protect, right? And I don't just mean financially, I mean also emotionally, right? If you've never seen that, all you know is that I have to take care of myself, mm -hmm. right? And as a woman, I, our makeup is different. We can be realistic. We're, we're different. So when a woman is taught, you have to provide for yourself and you cannot trust a man to do that. It creates a fear, right? And that fear drives her to say, even if she is making $50,000, she's doing that. That's her, that's her way of providing. 20, 50 years ago, women weren't even able to earn $50,000 a I year, right? Yeah. So that woman is saying, I, and she's probably heard, like myself, from grandmother, you make sure that you're good. Make sure you're always good. Because if I allow myself to be vulnerable and trust you, and you leave me without, like so many women have. I know what it was. It felt like to go through being with someone for 13 years, and then one day they wake up and say, "I don't. I want to be with this woman over here." You never want to end up like that. You ever wonder why, when women go through a heartbreak, they come out with additional degrees, looking better than ever? Like women dig in, and that is because I don't want to experience that fear again, and it creates an independence that later men have an issue with, right. but a lot of them have helped create that, right? So if you have a woman that has three children and she has a husband, that husband leaves. What, what is she gonna, either you're gonna sink, you're gonna sink or swim. So that sink, that swimming for a woman, you have to take on a personality that's not inherently yours. I don't like, I didn't like being the head of the household. You know, I had to do that. So what I had to do was I had to put up this tough exterior so that I could push through. But it, see, but this is a tricky thing. There are some women who don't really have to be the head of household. Mm -hmm. Like, it, for example, in your situation, mm -hmm. you had an engineer. Mm -hmm. You could have really chilled out, mm -hmm. and the bills would have been paid. <laughs> but so, like, it it's mindset. this, it's this false right. It's, it's like not, a false reality. It's that, not a false or reality. Truth. It's a, it's a mindset that's really been passed down through us genetically. When you think about slavery, right? This is all. This all goes back to how our our culture, you know, came to be here. In slavery, the woman had to be the strong. If the man was taken away. 
the man was beat in front of her or in front of the children. She had to be strong. She had to tell the kids and she had to hold it down. Later, as we moved on and we saw the man, you know, he would go out, would not be able to earn, right? Woman had to say, okay, well, I can pitch in. I could help, right? We went through another period of time where a lot of men were so disenchanted with the fact that they couldn't provide for their families, they left. So then you have in the 60s where you have all these single moms mm. now starting to provide, and that is taught to their daughters. There's this adage that says women teach their daughters and love their sons because they know, daughter, you may end up in my shoes. So it, it's not a false reality. It's what has been passed down. My grandmother was born in the, in the, in the 30s, and she, was she told me from the time I was a little girl, you cannot depend on a man. And that was what she had been taught because of what she had seen. No, no, no. Now, I still think that's a false reality. And here's why I say that. Okay. I say that is because I think what's the saying? It goes, if you're, if you're worried about the, what is it, the past, that's like fear. If you're worried about the future, it's anxiety. Yeah. So the only thing that's real is what's happening right now. Yeah. And the reality of the situation, and, and again, what you're describing is, is trauma. Right. It's, Absolutely. It's truly unhealed Absolutely. trauma. And we can, t and our trauma can allow us to tell ourselves these realities that really don't exist. I and, and when I say, and when I say it doesn't exist, like, and, and that's why I think therapy is so important because mm -hmm. it allow it allows us to tell ourselves a different story mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. about what's happening, mm -hmm. and even play a different role in the story. Right. A lot of times as right. well, but the, when when I'm considering that situation, I, I don't I don't know. There, I, I listen. I and I've seen it because I grew up in a household mm -hmm. where it was a woman who had to hold things down right. to a certain extent, and there's right. a lot of women who have to. But there's another there's another group that don't necessarily need to, but they still are holding on mm -hmm. to something. And to, what do we do? Right? Is mm -hmm. it just is it simply just therapy? Is that literally the cure to it all? Like, how do we put ourselves in a state of mind? to trust each other right, and to be able to really work as mm -hmm. a team is mm -hmm. really, I think, what mm -hmm. the goal of you know, yeah. a relationship should be. No, I agree. I think, I keep going back to, I really think you have to trust yourself first before you can trust somebody else. And I think mm -hmm. therapy is a good part, but I think that women and men, but I can, I'm speaking to the women, you have to understand that what you have been taught and any, anything that anything that was created out of fear and desperation is not is not what you need to be focused on. Right. It's like taking um, it's like taking I, I explain it like you're taking a pill. Right. If you get sick, you take an antibiotic. But when you once you get better, you have to stop taking that or you mm -hmm. will end up addicted to it. Right. So often our fear drives us and it does make us successful because you have so many people that were motivated by the fact that they don't want to grow up. They don't want to live the way they grew up. And it does catapult them out of that circumstance. But if you don't let go of that fear, you will create a circle and what you fear will come upon you, right? Yeah. And it will, it, will, it will find a way to manifest. And so once you get to a point of understanding and self-awareness, you have to let go of that that's driving you from a negative perspective and become present in where you are. So like you said, you're no longer, you're no longer running from poverty, right? Yeah. You're no longer running from being uneducated or being... So, but that motivation is hard to sometimes say, wait a minute. What am I being fueled by? What's pushing me forward? And so I think for women, it's really about understanding that you are more than just, you cannot, no one should be judging themselves based on accomplishment solely. I mm -hmm. think that in our desperation, because of where we came from as a people, we haven't had time to say, okay, 
I love to paint. I love to take pictures. I also, you know, I'm great at this. I love being them. We, we don't, we, at what point have black men and black women been able to sit and just relax? We're always oh, pushed forward. It's always struggle. So I think we've gotten, we've gotten used to struggle being our main connector, right? Yeah. And that's the problem. But I think for, for me, I had to learn to trust Crystal. I remember, you know, Chili is one of my best friends. She actually did the forward from my book. And after I went through this heartbreak, I was afraid of guys. I was afraid mm. to get hurt. I was desperately afraid, right? And she said, Crystal, you got to trust yourself. You're smarter than you were at 20 when you got married. You know, you're a different woman. I didn't trust myself. I, I was talking to a girl the other day, and she said, I don't want to get hurt. And I said, you have to trust yourself to do the right thing for you. And then when you learn to trust yourself, then you can open up to trust someone else. So I had to learn that Crystal was okay. And what I learned, you know, when we talked to Iyanla, she taught us that, okay, that boss chick, that, that, you know, that, that facade, that got you here, right? But you don't need her anymore. You don't need her anymore. She was afraid. She was, you know, she had all our walls up. You can let her go. She has benefited you in certain situations, but she is not... She is not who you need to lead with, right? And so once I let her go and realized that Crystal had so many more dimensions to her than just the workhorse, right? And I don't even really want to be a workhorse, to your point. Then I was able to open up, trust Crystal, and then trust this man that I met that showed me consistency because I wouldn't just trust anybody. I'm smart enough to know that doesn't make sense. Okay, I'm listening here. I'm watching you. I'm making sure that what you say aligns with your actions. And once I do that, I can... I can leave all this other baggage behind that I've been carrying with me. Well, men don't do this and men don't do that. Allow it. But you have to trust you first before you can be open to even trying to trust someone else. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds that? me of um, when we heard the Michael Jordan story of like how Michael Jordan, he, you know, he was cut when he was younger mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. like truly fueled by like anger yes. and fueled yes. by like the desire to prove everyone wrong. Yep. His whole career, So actually. much so that even when he made his speech, his Hall of Fame speech, mm -hmm. he literally called out his coach that cut him. That's he called out the dude that made the team over him. Yeah. And, like, he still had that shit inside of him. Yeah. And that was his driver mm -hmm. to be great, like all of the people that he felt doubted him. Mm -hmm. And that was his, his fuel. And I think, again... To some degree, we could say that is what made him great, but I think at some at some levels of that, it's a yeah. diminishing return yep. where that actually starts to actually like deteriorate yeah. some parts Absolutely. of you and eat at you mm -hmm. in a way that's unhealthy. Yeah. So that shit it helps get the rocket off the ground, mm -hmm. but you're not gonna be lasting long in the sky. It create it had you handicap yourself. It's it's like I said, taking medicine that you no longer need. Now it starts to have an adverse effect on you. But we see that especially with people of color because. For so long, our our existence was we had to say I'm gonna I'm gonna prove you wrong, right? I was the only black student in the class. I'm gonna get straight A's. I'm gonna prove you wrong, but at some points you have to let that now, or you become bitter, and that's where you see a lot of a lot of women at a certain point. You're bitter. You're angry, and it's like, but that's sis, you're doing that to yourself because you have to get to a point where you let that go. Mm. So you you indirectly actually asked one of my old questions, which is because I asked you. And you didn't answer it then. <laughs> what, what was it? But I asked you, how in the hell do I know if I'm dating a young lady and she going to have these vulnerability issues? Because like now it's crazy. Like shout out to the show, because now when I'm speaking to a young lady, I'm really able to have such a heightened sense of awareness mm -hmm. or level of awareness when I'm speaking to 
see things that may be right or wrong. Because I'm speaking to people like you on a, on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And everybody doesn't have that privilege. So it's two things that I think I would, you would have to like look, at, look for as a, as a thermometer okay. to be able to tell whether or not this young lady is going to be healthy, long-term in a relationship. I guess one. One, if she did not grow up seeing another woman being vulnerable and working collaborative, collaboratively with a man, mm-hmm. that is an absolute foreign concept to her. Mm. So A, if she hasn't seen that, and now she's in a situation where she has not intentionally mm. made steps to now work on herself. She yeah. ain't got no hobby. She ain't got no therapist. She ain't read no damn that. books. I want to go with that because you said that you grew up in a single parent family, right? No, 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 oh, no. All of us are coming from so the same spot I didn't really, now. I, all of us I come had, from the same I spot. I had a stepdad, but it was okay. still, it's divorced. It was right. a lot of toxicity we can, we in there. I don't think we, we, should, we can judge each other based on circumstances that we don't control. You can only base you can only judge people based on things that they can control, right? I remember a guy saying to me, in fact, it was my ex-husband's brother, because they grew up, like I said, very different. And he was like, I don't want to date any single parent. They <laughs> went from a single parent family. That was super hurtful. I was like, oh my gosh. And I understand what he was saying was what you're saying right now. Well, she doesn't know because she hasn't seen. But a lot of us haven't seen, right? A lot of us don't know. And I think you have to, I've heard people judge, I've heard women say, well, he didn't grow up with a father, so he don't know how to be a man. Well, I know a lot of men that, that have done a lot of work after growing up without a father, you know, and have done the work and now are great examples of men, great examples of manhood. So I think we have to give each other grace when you're getting to know a person. Um, who I am today I'm, uh, is, is even when I went out with my husband for the first time, he was like, <laughs> got some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> if he had judged me the way you're saying, he probably wouldn't have went out with me again. We went out on the first date. I was not used to a man coming to pick me up because I was used to controlling the date, right? Wow. I'll meet you here. I'm driving. You know. Wait, you was driving the dudes on a date? No, I drive myself. She drive herself. To the date. Like, okay. Yeah. No, I'm no, no. Saying, oh, shit. Heck no. But I mean, if, if, he, if he seen that you was putting in the work, I I'm drive sure he was myself. gonna be more open. To, I, right. And I, I think he was just for, for me, and he was patient, and he gotcha. understood. He could see that. You know, a lot of men can see there's just under all that. You know, tough exterior is a, is a scared little girl that doesn't want to get hurt, right? But it takes an intuitive man who's in touch with himself to not, and his ego is not, you know, fragile and on the line to be able to see that. But I remember, so he was like, I want to come pick you up. And I was like, well, this is not how I usually do things. I, and he was like, no, he insisted that he came to pick me up. So I'm like, I don't know him. I'm giving my friends his information. He came and I literally had forgotten about the date and was still asleep. He was outside early. So and I came out, I got dressed, came out, and I remember being so uncomfortable. We were in a truck, and I was so far to the door. He was like, it looked like you were getting ready to fall out. He was like, you were just being a major bitch, right? right. And then on the day we went horseback riding, he tried to hold my hand. I was like, I don't, I don't know you. Wait, did, like, he know, did he know you were already horseback riding at that he point? He knew I liked to ride horses. Got it. Oh, so this dude was thoughtful. That. First of all, he was patient. He was thoughtful. He was. He so. was. He was trying to be, you know, kind of eliminate those boundaries, you know, with the touching, you know, yeah. holding hands. I type snatched of thing. He was, my he was hand. Yeah, and he was just like so. But later, he was like, yeah, "You were just being a real bitch." Um, and I said, "But I was just really uncomfortable, you know, because I was used to controlling how things went." So because he was patient and he didn't automatically, I'm sure some guys I went out with probably like, she's a bitch, I'm not going out with her anymore. And I'd be like, I'll forget them. I, you know, I, never, I never took the feedback because I never heard it, right? But he was able to actually later, you know, as we were dating, he was like, yeah, you were really a lot the first date. Um, but thank God he was able to see 
there was more to it beyond that, you know? And then even he would tell me when I would come over to see him, I have my laptop and he'd be like, at what point does the laptop go up? And I was like, well, you know, I pay my own bills. Why are you asking me about what I'm doing with my work? You know? And he was like, but for you, what time do you cut off and just spend time with you? This is me. No, but just you like not work. Like you should make sure you have boundaries for work. And so I was like, okay. And it was not even about him because with other guys. Was that offensive when he said that to you? Were you the first time? Yeah. But he explained it and he was just very, he didn't react. A lot of guys, I would have a situation where they would say something to me and then I would say something back to them and they would come back with the same energy and then we're doing like this. He didn't, he didn't do that. He was a man. so he was going to say what he had to say. Yeah. And however you reacted, he just, yeah. cool, and he, he wasn't, he didn't, he didn't give me an emotional response. Right. Um, I remember, you know, that, and that was just very different. And that's, that's what made the difference. And so for me, I tell my friends, I was saying the other day, he's helped my mental health, right? Because I needed to learn how to put boundaries. He's like, at, at some point at night, you need to make it, he said, whether it's eight o'clock, nine o'clock, it needs to go off. The phone needs to go down. And I had never had someone say that to me that it wasn't something that was going to benefit them. He was really saying, Crystal, you need to do this for you. And this is tricky. I'm curious because at this point, I mean, you were well into your career. You were having Mm -hmm. a lot of success. Were you dating? Well, most of the men you were dating at this point, were you making more money then? Some of them. And that's I'll be honest. I didn't. um, (laughs) I did. I did not. That wasn't something I wanted to do. Um, But of course, you know, in Atlanta, there, there. you're not, there were a lot of men that I've met that were not at the same financial level, right? Um, I, that was not my preference. <laughs> that okay. Was, that was not my preference. So you, you wanted, you you wanted to date men? To date a little bit, makes a little bit more money than you. Yeah. Okay. Or at least comparable. Because well, why, I, why is that? Okay, I'm going to be honest, okay? Okay. okay. <laughs> I felt like, I'm going to be dead honest, and the guys are not going to like this. But, okay, I at the time that I got divorced, I had two children, I had a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. And I was, my ex-husband left me. We were homeless. We didn't have anywhere to live, right? I came back here. I had to start over again. I was literally at a friend's, sleeping on a friend's uh, air mattress, right? I went from that to getting a two-bedroom. I didn't even have a bedroom. I slept on the, on, the, on the couch in the living room. My kids had a bed, both had a bedroom. I managed to go from that to having, I got a car, got another house, got a house, got a four-bedroom house, got a nice car, had to get, so... When I started to date, because I also didn't date when I was in that space, right? So when I started to date, I'm looking at guys that have no children, because a lot of guys I dated didn't have children. Mm-hmm. And was you, that also a preference? No, no, okay, I didn't just, have that. Okay. I wasn't a preference. It just it just was the way it was here. So I'm like, how do I? How have I come from being homeless with two children? You ain't got shit. And and you, <laughs> <laughs> sir. <laughs> Have yourself, and you have nothing. Some of them had children. You might be paying child support. Maybe, maybe not. Right. And you don't have what I have. Like, you cannot possibly lead me. Why would I listen to you? Why would I listen to anything you have to say? And then a lot of them were resentful, right? I remember I went on a date with this guy, and he did not want me to see his car. Ridiculous. Like, we were at a landing station. He had a ball cap on, and we went to a, a restaurant there where you couldn't wear a hat. And so he said, I'll go put my hat in the car. And I said, well, I'll go with you, you know, because I was trying, I'm trying to be accommodating. I'm thinking I'm a very nice date, right? I'll go with you. You don't have to walk by yourself. He was like, no, no, you don't have to go. I'm like, no, I'll be, you know, I'll go with you. We go downstairs into the parking garage. He cannot find his car. 
Oh, no. <laughs> he cannot find his car. So no. I say, so I go up to the security guard. This is how clueless I was. Hey. I go to the security <laughs> guard. I said, hey, we can't find his car. Like, you know, can you help us? Because, you know, they have the, the license plate. So the security guard comes up to help me. He's like, yeah, well, what's the, you know, what's the car look like? So he tells the security guard it's a champagne colored Mercedes. Whoa. So the security is looking for the car. About 45 minutes later, he finds the car. He's, he just gives up and finds the car. The security guard is still with us. He said, that ain't no champagne. That's a doo-doo brown. It was like an 80, 80 model old Mercedes. Uh. It was, it was, and he was embarrassed for me to see it. So what he did, he put the hat in the car, and then he was like, well, where's your car? Let's go to your car. So I went to, 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 we went to my car, and then he was like, oh, so you think you're like a real housewife of Atlanta or something like that? He automatically started being hateful towards me. Just and that was before we even got to sit down on the date. So that's an example. Oh, like, y'all literally walked to your car yeah, just so he could car. see your yeah. car. Yeah. Let me see your car. This, boy, this was already getting hella toxic. Well, but so that's why. So I understand when women <laughs> say they have a preference for a guy making a certain amount of money. That's because those are things they yeah. may not have to deal with. It's right. still, still, you know, issues with confidence and insecurities, things like that that you may still have to deal with. But I can understand what woman says that because at the end of the day, if you do come across a man who may not have as much money as you, mm -hmm. but he gonna show you that brown car like this, the you know this a spaceship, and he gonna be confident. If and he was he confident, gonna, I wouldn't have probably cared, right, and I right. probably wouldn't want to ride in it. Right, but, right, right, right. But, but he's going to allow you to make your decision. Yeah. And he, and whatever decision you make and yeah. whatever judgment you make, he okay with that because yeah. he knows at the end of the day, he's going to do him and he's going to get success at but some point. But, but that, most but, most men, they're like, men have egos. Right. And like, um, like a big, I don't give a damn what man it is, a big weak spot to a man's ego is a woman. Yeah. I, and yeah. like how she speaks about where he is. Yeah. Has a lot has a, a major effect on most men. Yeah. Whether we want to say this is right or wrong, this right. is just the reality of the situation. And that's one of the right. biggest problems because the thing is, there's only one person that can truly affirm you, or yeah. one being, and that's God. Absolutely. So that right there shows yeah. that he's he's not taking affirmation from God. He's yeah. worried about what you got to say. Right. Or which he's is just not problem. he's not happy and he's already coming with that with that buildup. Like, and then exactly. too, I have a lot of male friends that are very well off. Right. That also was an issue because. <laughs> oh, because you're around these other Negroes. Other guys with a lot money. of money. So, oh, so you was around T.I. today, huh? Right, Shit, I right. know what T.I. Like, I heard the song. I heard 24. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a guy, and I have guy friends that would, oh, who are you dating? Bring him around. Bring him out. So we go to dinner, oh. and I have a guy friend. I remember we, I, had, I was doing an event at um, Shout. And I remember Shout. So a guy I was dating comes. So another guy that I work with that had a crush on me, he was there, and he was like, oh, who is this? I said, well, this is my date. He was like, Oh, we buying bottles? What we doing? What we doing? So he said, he said, oh, so do you, you, you going to buy bottles for the section? What's up? The ladies need something to drink. So, oh, hold so on. He so he started the, putting pressure on that he man. Put no, guy, that's yes, not right. He did. He did. <laughs> so what I did, because I knew he was trying to embarrass him. I said, don't do that. So the guy I was dating got upset with me because I checked him. But the reality was he didn't have money for the section anyway. That's not what you need to be doing right now. Sir, just be quiet. Let me handle it. Because I'm like, this is my event. Don't come here doing this to my guests, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> but I would have, or one of my guy friends would like pay the tab. And then if the guy that I was dating was okay with him paying the tab for everybody, he'd be like, you know. See, now here's the, here's the issue though. See, all these damn guy friends. Man, wars. <laughs> see, like, that's the, that is a problem. See, so, so that industry does attract <laughs> a lot of like, this guy friend got a crush on me 
And this guy friend, no, he don't got a crush on me. He's just a guy friend. But now all these guy friends look alike. Like it just work in general, like because that's just, we're yeah. just humans. Yeah, so yeah. you you work in this beautiful woman. You seeing her every day. You building a relationship. It could be possibility for attraction. It could if it's a UPS or now. now I think I do think the studio because I had one guy to be like, oh, well, you're in the studio. I've seen what happens in the studio. That's it on the rap video. Like this is not a <laughs> right. like he's thinking that. But it it did create. If a, I knew that I needed a man that was very confident in himself because I am around a lot of very you know, wealthy men, I'm not interested in the lifestyle. Like I shared with you guys earlier, I, a lot of them were doing, you know, were practicing lifestyle I wanted nothing to do with. But there were a lot of men that when they would even see that, they come in the room, they see, you know, the watches, they see the shoes, they see the cars, and they automatically have a chip on their shoulder and they would take it out on me, mm. you know. So now the husband that you ended up finding, was he on the wealthier end of the spectrum or did you end up just saying, you know what, this is not a realistic situation. I'm going to just go ahead and get to him because, you know, I'm going to marry this man because he's a good man. Um, he's able to take care of me. Good. <laughs> good. That's, most That's all that matters. That's most important. I mean, because when you describe the kind of conversations y'all was having, I mean, y'all was having conversations no. with death. He, no, he he definitely is, um, but he, he wasn't loud with it, right? Like the first thing he did, so I have a studio in my house where I do content. So he would want me to come to his house. And I was like, I got to do my show at my house. So what he did, he just bought a studio for me at his house. I, I was like, oh, and I, but I love the fact that he didn't talk. He just said, I got something to show you. That's it. I came to his house and he had bought a studio. I had, you know, a, at the time, we, this is right after we got, we got, he proposed like maybe a year after we started dating. And he was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy you a different car. And I was like, okay. So, because the, the, <laughs> I remember when I bought my first, well, when I bought the car that I had when I met him, one of my girlfriends was like, you are never going to get a man at this point. Because we know that a lot of times guys see what you're driving and it's like... And they see your house, they see your car. Yeah, I was, I, you know, I had a, a nice house in Dunwoody. It's like guys come to the house, it's like they either know they got to... But most of the guys I, were date, I dated were at that financial level at that point. Because I realized, like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I don't want people being resentful towards me. I want to attract where I'm at and what feels comfortable. So I, I was doing that. But with him, it was like, you know... I'm not going to talk a lot. I'm not going to. He never had a problem with it. He met the guys I was friends with. He had no issue with them. It was just, it just was totally different. So I think that one of the things I learned is that women feel, we hear all these negative things, right? You hear mm -hmm. if you're a career woman, that's not attractive. You hear if you have a lot of guy friends, that's not attractive. I, once I got to a point where I could accept Crystal and I was happy with Crystal, I met a man that was happy with me where I'm at. And I have never met a man that would, you know, come hang out with another guy friend of mine and, you know, and there was no sparring of the, you know, it's like men try to pull their dick on the table. It's like he was, he was comfortable in his skin. And that is just, he's just a rare, to me, I hadn't experienced that before. And how, and how old were you at this point when you got married? Um, oh, I, this was, I got married two years ago. So, so yeah. see, the, see the, and that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of women at that point in their lives, when they've already been divorced, they've had mm -hmm. kids, they get to this place it can be very discouraging. It can. Trying to find, yeah. you know, uh, a man. Even you got, you know, Kevin Samuels went out saying any woman over 35 he was a leftover woman. He basically was like saying me. I, so, so I would, I would had, I had a lot of conversations about Kevin Samuels. Like I said, I did a show on Revolt about a couple of segments about him. If I listened to that, I would not have been married. No, I'm, I'm, I'm over, I'm way over 35. Um, I'm definitely over 125 pounds and I'm a career, I'm a career woman. I have two kids and I've, Met an amazing man that I am attracted. I want to make sure. So, that what's say the that. game on that though? Because I want you to give us the game. Because there's ladies in this situation. Yeah. What is the sauce? What What I did and and what I tell women in this book 
is first of all, change what you're saying. Change what words come out of your mouth. Words mm. are self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So for me, a lot of my girlfriends, you sit around and it's like, I had this bad date, men ain't this, men ain't that. I changed that. I only spoke positive. I was like, I am not going to talk negatively about men. Even if I have a bad experience, I'm just not going to go out with him again, but I'm not going to do that because I have seen in my life that words I speak come back to me. So I spe specifically started speaking positively about men. I wrote a, I remember I wrote a vision board and I actually wrote, and I had never done this before. I wrote spoiled on my vision board. Like I mm -hmm. want a man that's going to love me. that's going to spoil me, all these different things. And, and I met exactly that, but I think it was very much about getting myself in a point where I could understand Crystal did have flaws. I think that's the biggest issue with this book is a lot of times we feel like I have my career, I have my home, I have my portfolio, I have all these things. I'm the perfect catch. That does not make you the perfect catch. What you have amassed in your career, what you have amassed with accolades does not make you the perfect catch. What nice. makes you a great catch is truly knowing who you are and being able to be at peace with that person and love that person and enjoy that person. And once I was able to do that, I was able to find peace with someone else and to love him and allow him to love Crystal because he doesn't love the business Crystal. You know, he loves the real Crystal. Mm -hmm. And so because I wasn't loving the real Crystal, I wasn't attracting that. But one of the biggest things was just the, 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 the narrative that I was speaking because I meet so many women and it's like, I've given up on love. I'm not, it ain't nothing out here. The streets, the, you know, the, the dating pool got pee in it. Well, will you keep saying that? You're going to bring that <laughs> to you. The dating pool got pee in it. Yeah. I know, that's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a damn yeah. so good one. So Crystal, let me ask you this because you had a lot of friends and associates mm -hmm. that were, you know, in this uh, area of being uh, functionally depressed. Mm -hmm. So did you change your associations or like how are those relationships now? Those, I, I mean, my friends are my friends, but they do see my example, right? Like okay. all my friends were in my wedding. A lot of, a lot of my friends were in my wedding or at my wedding. And it's funny because they, I believe that seeing my story, I tell them there's nothing special about me. There's nothing special. What happened is I just changed my words. I changed my thinking and I changed my intention. And look what God did. Not only did I get married, but Miss Shanika, my girlfriend that went on the show with me, she got married as well. And we both got amazing husbands that are fine as hell. So, I mean, but it, 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 and a lot of times women feel like they settle in themselves before they even get there. Well, I'm gonna have to take somebody that don't have as much money as I want, or I'm gonna have to take somebody that I'm not attracted to, or I'm gonna have to do this. And you do all that and you're putting all those parameters out there. Believe that life wants to bring you an amazing mate that loves you for who you are. Do the work on yourself. But if you believe that and you walk towards that, it will come to you. Mm. And uh, I know we're coming up on time, but I want to ask you about this, too, because this is something that we've debated quite a bit on the show. So we have a lot of women. Um, well, I speak for myself. I encounter quite a bit of women that mention, hey, they're celibate. Mm -hmm. And I think me and Tyshawn are one of those guys. We just like to put it to the test, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I, found, I found that it's a lot of women that actually fail that. I'm celibate test. Okay. So let me ask you, because you are, don't seem like to be, you don't seem anything like those women. You seem like a woman that has a lot of depth to her. So okay. when you uh, did go through this period of celibacy, like mm -hmm. what did that consist of? How did that look? What are some things that you actually did to improve yourself? Wow. Well, I, I'll be honest with you. I just, and, and I don't think this is for everybody, right? I tell women this was what worked for me because for me, I am not the type of woman that could separate sex from love, right? And every time I would lay down with someone, I would have the intention of this being a potential for forever. Good. And when it wouldn't. Yeah, that's, a, that's attractive. Really? Yeah. I, and that's so funny because I feel like that's not attractive. 
Like it's not attractive. No, it's here. not attractive in sex culture. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay, we, but that's yeah. Because I mean, men gonna say they don't. They gonna tell a woman they don't yeah, like that. Yeah. But they get the sex, and then they go for a woman that I is like the one you describe. I struggled with that because I really got to the point where I was like, but this, I felt like it's I'm lame and everyone else. But then I was like, I'm not happy, right? And every time something would happen, and I would and I would share because you know. If you're going to have sex, you want to be able to enjoy, you know, enjoy yeah. the fruits and fullness of it. And when you don't trust the person and you don't know what that's going to end up and then it, it ends up going wrong. It's, it just it felt like a very personal rejection that I had to deal with that was sitting with me. Right. So there were a lot of women that were like, oh, I just enjoy sex because sex is what I do. And it's about my decision. I'm like, first of all, usually the sex is not great because if you don't trust that person and you're not in a place where you really know his intentions, it's hard to let your guard down 100%. So you're not having quality sex. You're not. Um, women say that, but then we get in the room together and it's like, did you enjoy? It's like, nah, it, it's just, it's not great. Right, if, right. You're not in, if you're not able to be 100% you, you're not present, it's not great. You're trying to show out and do something to make him sprung and you're not really enjoying it, it's whack. So for me, I said, I'm going to stop and I'm just going to be very honest with guys. And if it throws them off, I don't care. But I had gotten fed up with sharing my body with people that didn't value it. And so I decided to stop. And when I met, I was very forthcoming. You know what I mean? And, and guys would be, a lot of them would be very turned off. Like, what I the get that. What you say? And the thing is, because you get a lot of women, because we, we do have a lot of women that communicate that to us. Like, yeah. well, if I don't put out, then this guy's not going to talk to me anymore. Yeah. And it's like, duh, because that's what he wanted. Right. right. That's, the so, point, that's the point of your yeah. celibacy. That's the point of celibacy right? Filter these niggas <laughs> out. The okay, please. Really don't want you. <laughs> but, see, but, but that's because a lot of women are afraid and they don't really believe that there could really be a man that wants them beyond sex. Mm. When you really honestly believe that what is for you is coming to you, then you will be able to do that. But you're right. A lot of women are afraid. And a lot of women now, I've had conversations with women. A lot of women are doing so many things that they don't genuinely, genuinely want to do. You are allowing other women to come in your bedroom. And I know some women are okay with that, and that's beautiful. But if you are, if you are having threesomes because I had a girlfriend tell me he's going to leave me if I don't, he's going to leave you anyway. Facts. <laughs> he's going to leave you anyway. Um, but a lot of women are doing things, you know, taking classes to learn how to give head and doing all these things. And it's like, I was married for 13 years, and I was not a head doctor. <laughs> like, mm. I'll be honest. I was not. But that had that not really what marriage is about, right. you know what I mean? And so to me, it's always the women that, and there's nothing wrong with enjoying sex. Sex was is a beautiful thing, but to me, for a woman to truly be able to be in tune with the 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 most amazing part of her sexuality, there has to be a connection, right? And I knew that that wasn't the case. And so, ironically, when I started to tell men, a lot of them would be would give me flack, but they would be like, "Well, okay, well, all right." You know, and that's what my husband did. And if they wanted to be around, they're going to keep being around. And, and then I, I got into the point of maturity, realized if they didn't, then I didn't want them anyway. Exactly. Because what was going to end up at the end of it is I was going to end up giving them something. They were going to do what they were going to do anyway. And I just, for Crystal, I did not want to continue to do that. It felt bad for me because I have to live with this body. You know, and that's what a lot of women don't. I, I have to live with this every day. This belongs to me. And after he's come and gone and he's come and gone and he's come and gone, this is what this is what I have to deal with, you know, the whatever you're dealing with. And I can say, and I, it's funny because I was talking to um, one of my girlfriends because we decided to do this together. Just in that journey, like, okay, I'm not going to do this either. Um, the sex in a beautiful relationship is so much better. Like, it's so much better. It's just so much better. 
I see the thing is so crazy because it's like I guess the duality of life because I could we could sit here and we could have this conversation about what women should be doing and I'm gonna still go out there tonight it's Friday night of and I'm gonna go are. look for somebody that's yeah. fucking you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, but just being honest I think it's but it's both it's kind of both of those things are going on but if a woman really <laughs> wants to uh, if she offers more than sex yeah you know what I mean then the man is gonna be around but I think a lot of the issue is that a lot of women they that's what they that they just know that yeah. this is how to make a man happy yeah so I think um you know women really start again to value sex and value what they do to their body and the mm-hmm. positions that they put themselves in mm-hmm. I think they will have a lot more success with, with but men, send, men send mixed messages especially when a woman hasn't had an example of a real man right mm-hmm. so I could even say it, it's even beyond sex it's even like with attention because a lot of women ex- confuse attention for love or true value right so it's like if you come in a room and I have clothes on I'm not going to get attention but what I've learned about men first of all men can tell shape and figure <laughs> regardless of what you have on Facts. so you come in there with you with everything hanging out it's like yes you're going to get attention but what does that attention mean right and so it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're better than the other girls but a lot of women really don't get that concept and they feel pressure to show their body all of it right and it's like you come in a club, every guy's gonna look at the girl that's half naked, but yep. they still see and appreciate the girls that have clothes on as well, and they're probably gonna holler at them later. Exactly. <laughs> as a matter of fact, they're gonna holler at them later, and they're gonna holler at the, the chick who's in this provocative clothing when nobody else is looking. Because yeah. they don't really even wanna be seen talking to this chick that looks like a slut. I but, don't. But they, but they will talk to them now. They will. No, they, they will. Yeah. They will. Even, and even men are. Men are interesting because even it's funny because we, I, I, there, I have friends that I feel like, okay, he's a dog, he's a dog, but he's a good guy. And it's like, Crystal, the good guy is doing the same thing we are. He's just doing it behind closed doors yep. or he's just not telling you what he thinks, right? Yep. So they all are going to do the same thing. But as a woman, you have to understand your value. And if you get caught up chasing the attention, the attention is very short-lived. It's very, very short-lived. And eventually it's going to be empty. But I think women, a woman has to get to that point herself. But when you look at what men like on Instagram, right? A lot of women are like, I remember one of my friends told me, he said, Crystal, your page, nobody wants to go to your Instagram page. Hurt my feelings so bad. I was mm. like, I just want to take my page down. He was like, nobody wants to see your page. It's all professional and you're not showing anything. <laughs> it hurt my feelings so bad. But <laughs> I had to understand that the guys that go to my page, they respect me yep. and they do. They may not like a picture and the girls' pictures that they're liking doesn't mean that they actually value that woman. That's the difference I think that women don't understand because we're very... Men are able to see beauty and compartmentalize things a lot different than women do. Absolutely. If I see my crush, you know, was Denzel Washington, that means I love Denzel Washington. I want to marry him. I want to have like men are like, oh, I like that because I want to do this with that. It's a sex yeah. And then I, yeah, y'all are just very, very women different. don't look at it like that. So for a woman, it's like I want, I want him to like me, but that doesn't mean that he likes you because he's giving you attention. So once you figure that out, it's like, okay, what do I want? What is what is what do I want for me? And I wanted a man that really, truly loved and valued me. I did want him to be very attracted to me, but I wanted to have something real with someone. So I had to govern myself accordingly. Shout out to you, though, because I could see that it's a lot of pressure on women to perform sexually and do these different things. But shout out to you for realizing that early because, you know, some women come across it too late. And the information is already out there on social media. Your reputation is already ruining what city you in. And now men looking at you in a certain way. Yeah. So I think the, the sooner that women, you know, come to that realization, just pick a side. Like, which side are you going to be on? Are you going to be in the streets or you going to be, <laughs> you know? And I've seen women, like, I've had conversations with guys where I've seen women or just women that I've talked to and beautiful women, very attractive. And I might have a guy friend like, man, you know, why are you not trying to talk to her? And I'm mm-hmm. like, nah, she a wife. 
Because I already know I'm yeah. not even willing to go through the barriers that is to so get to crazy the end. That and I would, like and I would, that. I would say I would just not because I know where I'm at. Yeah. I so know. look, that woman, somebody going, somebody going <laughs> to wipe this shit up, but it's not going to be me, be me at this time because that's not what I'm looking for. As and that, and that's the hurtful thing that a lot of women don't understand because a lot of women would be the wife, but because she really likes you, she would, she would demean her, lower her standards. Yep. To deal with you and that's what that's where you have to just self-awareness is key it's, it's key and then and a lot of us are operating in terms of lack and fear mm-hmm. there's not going to be enough men there's not i may end up by myself so i'm just going to take what i can get and when you take what you can get you're going to miss out on what you know life really wanted to bring you bars and thank you so much for bringing this wisdom and knowledge to our platform here today. Thank you, Thank you for because having somebody, me. <laughs> I think a brother and a sister needed this. At least one. It's damn sure more than one. <laughs> but at least one person. And um, yeah, I could tell you've definitely really lived the life and done the work because you were able to share it and, and even give me some really good perspective here today. I want you to talk to that camera and tell them people that's mm-hmm. looking through the okay. screen how they can get in touch with you, how they can get some of the work that you're doing mm-hmm. and that you have done. And uh, yeah, just let them know. Okay. Well, first of all, you all can get the book. I'm so proud of this book because I really feel like it's going to help other women that are like myself and even other men that um, are, don't understand how to deal with you know, strong women, are attracted to women, but are attracted to strong women, but maybe turned off by them. You may need to read this book to help, under, help you understand a little bit more about what's driving them so that you can you know, be a man that can be an amazing partner and can be an amazing leader. So you can get the book. It is available on Amazon, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, um, everywhere books are sold, or you can go to my website, which is DearAlphaFemale.com. Um, you can also keep up with me on my YouTube channel where we do great relationship conversation. I actually have a series called Dear Alpha Female that I'm going to go step by step with the book. So we're going to talk this through. Dope. It's interactive conversation. My YouTube channel is From Crystal with Love XO. I truly believe that my passion is to help other people, especially in our community, the African-American community, to reconnect and to celebrate love, black love on a real way. And so that's what I'm committed to. So I would love to interact. I would love to hear feedback on my site. And lastly, on my Instagram, it is at Enchanted PR. I love hearing feedback and, you know, just conversation about what the book is about. I like that. They need that. They need they that damn for real. Sure a, a love letter with some accountability. accountability it's like yep. a Trojan horse. You got to sneak it in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. I love it. Well, look, Crystal, thank you so much for coming on the platform here today. Oh, we really appreciate it. Me. And thank this you so guys so much for tuning into another episode of Hardly Initiated. We are out.